Welcome to the Alive Lauren podcast in the place of celebrating juicy, whole, soulful living. A little bit of a warning up front. I do try to make these between five, ten minutes with a quick share and a story. This is going to be three stories. It's just some things that have crossed my path recently along this theme of staying open, staying open no matter what. And by open meaning feeling the flow of joy, love, enthusiasm, that is an energy there's two different energies that we experience. It's very much Nikki Singer um, revisiting Untethered Soul. It's one of the, I think, chapter five. That you've got en- energies, yes, that are related to food and sleep. But there's also like an energy that defies any of that. And if you think about it, just think about like moments when, I mean, can totally identify where you hear a certain particular news and you can be perfectly like energized, energetic, and all of a sudden news like completely drains you. Or someone can be totally drained and get some really amazing, uplifting news that then totally shifts their mood. So it's not that energy is always available. It's not the news that's doing it. It's just that there's a decision of what is going to close and what's going to open someone. So for example, if there's a particular song and someone heard the song when someone they were really crazy about said they loved them for the first time. And wanted to take the relationship to like a more serious level. Someone else could hear the song and was playing in the background when they got like devastating news of a, a car accident where like immediate family members like died on impact. So now there's a wiring linked to that song. So it's almost like a computer code written that when the song plays, then trigger like opening or closing. And the closing is more out of not wanting that experience. That that is what's happening now and not wanting it. Because maybe it's like really an intensity on the, not that I'm not getting into labels of good and bad, but just the intensity of it being really sad or deeply full of grief and loss and all those emotional things. It doesn't make it bad. It's just, it's an experience. Um, I'm not saying any of this to minimize what people go through at all. It's just more that there's the potential to actually stay open no matter what. And just to explore this idea with a few different stories, because this is one of the posts on Mickey's on the Temple of the Universe.org um, recordings of like if there was a big drum on a table in front of you right now, and someone said to choose an instrument, and there was only the drum, okay? Then all you can choose is the drum, because the drum is what's there right in front of you now. The thing of where did the drum come from? Who put the drum here? Who made the drum? Like all these past things and things like, well, is it, where's the drum going to go when I'm done with it? Will the drum be here next week? The future and thought, that's future and past is actually where the choice is. But there is no choice right now. Right now what's happening is happening. And if there's a resistance to accepting what's happening right now, that is what's going to stop the energy flow. Because you cannot change what's happening right now. Whereas if there's willingness to just be with whatever, whether it's something that's challenging as hell or as ecstatic and blissful as anything, to just be with what is as much with an, as open and a willing heart as possible. So along this theme of three stories and also just how not to take for granted, you never know. And oh my Lord. Okay, so the first one was heard a story of a couple that got married, wanted to have a child, tried for many, many years, eventually fell pregnant with a little girl and um, had the little girl, family of three. She finishes high school. She starts studying. Beautiful young girl. She's in her early 20s. Now she's doing her like honors or masters, um, loved by many, 
healthy, fit. And one morning she's getting up to go shower and the mom hears this like thud. She'd collapse on her way to the shower. She had some sort of stroke and she died. Young 24-year-old girl who these parents had tried for years and years and years. Um, she fell pregnant with and nothing. She was perfectly healthy before. And the family, it's about like a year later and they're still kind of dealing with this. And I'm not, I'm absolutely, I just think this one's really like devastating experience. Absolutely. Um, and to find the capacity to actually just be with something like this and to have, I think the part of it, the willingness for our hearts to be open is to just feel everything, like a willingness to actually feel the, the raw, intense pain. Because the more, it's like the longer she's passed, and that may not be something that they want, but it's not going to change. And then there's that choice of living in the past and living in the present, kind of continuing their lives in honor of her and still joyfully living here while they're here doesn't take away from their daughter. If anything, their daughter would want them to be able to still enjoy life and smell flowers and enjoy flavors and laugh again. Their daughter wouldn't want them to live in sad depths of sadness for the rest of their lives. I'm, I'm not saying that it's not about... I, I, some of these things are intense, intense, intense. But the willingness to actually be with that raw, brutal intensity so it can actually just be experienced and get past and find, find something to move forward in, in a very sort of more powerful way that honors the people because it doesn't, like I say, their daughter would not want them to not be still enjoying. She'd want them to live a life where they can find joy again in honor of her, in memory of her. That was the one story. Then the second story I heard was of um, a doctor that when I was younger, we'd gone to really, oh, such a nice, very humorous, used to use humor. I just remember laughing at his practices. And then he got married and he had some kids. And my mom mentioned to me the story where he was driving the kids to school and there's a really bad pothole that he managed to sort of like get out of. But then when he stopped the car to drop the kids off, there was some other building going nearby and wanting to stop this from happening to someone else, he asked them for one of like the orange cones to place the cone so it would be more obvious to someone else that there's a pothole there. I don't know exactly what happened, but some big truck was like coming down the road and I don't know what happened, but how they didn't see him or he was out in the area he shouldn't be in. I don't know. What I know is he got hit by this truck and died. And I think that the little girls, the daughters may have, there were people who like witnessed this. Yo, so this also is just like, that's a pretty intense on all levels for everyone involved. And obviously like this, they're not going to have their dad and, and God, oh Jesus, if, yeah, they did actually land up watching this. But the thing is like, oi, oi, oi. There is being with, being with that raw, intense, full on. And that it doesn't, their dad, at some point, you know, to find a way to still have joy in their lives and, and find stuff in honor of him, in memory of him, in service of him, in recognition of him. Because he would not want them to not be able to engage and love life and just be blocked for the rest of their lives because of that moment. Because however intense a moment is, once the moment's gone, it's gone. It, it, the choice to kind of continue living in it is then the choice. 
But like I say, this isn't to take away the severity of the circumstance. And this is where my, the third story comes in. Because this is one that I heard, and I heard it a while ago, so I actually just researched to try to see if I could find a, a couple of other versions online. And after, to just show the capacity that the, it does exist to decide to live with an open heart and not close, no matter what. So during the apartheid years, after apartheid, when Nelson Mandela came out uh, of prison and was um, elected a new president, so it was a lot in terms of unifying the country, in terms of finding a way forward together, a lot of people wanting some sort of like vengeance and um, retribution. And so together with Bishop Tutu, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission was set up. And the idea was that if any white or, you know, like any police officer or someone in the army who'd committed some atrocity stood forward voluntarily and faced their accuser and actually just shared what happened and took full responsibility and offered their sincere condolences but took full responsibility for the actions that they'd taken um, that they would not be tried or sent to prison for that. And some people were very upset about this and felt like there's not, there's not justice. Justice is not being served and, and the feeling with Mandela and with Bishop Tutu and the reason for this choice of this course of action was that the country needed healing more than it needed justice. And this one particular story that remarkably just shows the capacity for staying open no matter what. So there were a number of police officers on trial and this one particular police officer he had, so this is an elderly woman, like in her 70s, not very well, and was helped into the court by somebody and to come to the stand. And, and he's there, up this police officer. And he shares his testimony of how he had taken her 18-year-old son, killed, shot him, point-blank range, and then he, they had burned, him and some other officers had burned the son's body to get rid of the evidence. And then eight years later, they came to her home, took her husband, and in front of her, forced her to witness him being bound up with wood, pouring gas over his body and setting his body alight. And after this testimony, the judge turns to the 70-year-old woman and asks her what she would like from this police officer. And she says that she would like three things. So I'd heard the story and it was mentioned about her son. In some of the other stories I read, it mentioned about her husband. But it's, it's still the essence of the story that she said. She wanted him to take her to the place where her son's body had been burned because she wanted to get some sand from that place so she could give him a, a decent burial and a respectful burial. And the second thing she said she requested was that he had taken away all her family. That she had no family. So she wanted him to now become his, her family because she said, I still have so much love to give and I have no family to pour my love onto. So I want you to become my family. I want you to become my son and I want you to come visit me twice a month so I have a love that I still have left in my heart I can pour on you. 
And she said, the third thing I want you to know is that I have forgiven you, you are forgiven. And I want to want someone to help me to come over to you, to embrace you so you know that I've absolutely forgiven you and just want nothing more than to express my love and the love that I have left for the time that I have left. And she never actually got across to do this because on hearing this, he was so overwhelmed, he fainted. And that the people in the courtroom and people that were watching and there was a spontaneous breaking out in the song of Amazing Grace. So when I talk about the possibility of staying open no matter what, I'm not talking from a personal point. It's like when you hear stories like this, that there is the I mean, this is like really intense stuff. And that this woman can choose to let go of the moment and live in the present where she still feels she has love to give. And that however traumatic and devastating the past is, it doesn't have to live now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, precious soul, on this... Intensely personally moving note, may we find the capacity and really lean into staying open no matter what. Because in realizing that if we ask ourselves in situations, is it worth closing to realize that there is no situation that is really worth closing for? Because closing does not offer protection. There's no situation that warrants closing. And if this magnificent soul of a, of a woman, frail in her 70s, 80s at the time that this happened, can serve as an inspiration for what's possible in terms of living presently and staying open to joy, love, enthusiasm, doesn't take away, doesn't take away, doesn't minimize. Oh, that's just what there is. There's a potential to live with a deep gratitude. Um, a willingness to be brave and face the intensity of emotion and to be with it and to find strength through and yeah, to stay open, to stay open. So may we stay open. Until we meet again.